Hey, y'all, I want you to check out Brooklyn Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games. It's like a monthly zine subscription. Each issue is chock full of imaginative, useful information you will use at your table. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games for a new issue in your mailbox or inbox every month. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by returning guest Brad Kerr, the author of your new release, Wyvern Songs. Welcome. Thank you, Logar. It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to have you back. Now, before we talk about Wyvern Songs, you've been on here before and we talked about a few of your previous adventures. Could you give a quick rundown of the last of the last couple ones you've put out for our listeners so they can maybe catch up if they haven't had a chance to run those or pick those up? Yeah, definitely. So I uh, I self-published two different adventure modules for Old School Essentials. First one was called Hideous Daylight, and I made another one called Temple of, Temple of a Thousand Swords. And then I put out a, um, a Cairn adventure module in a kind of a zine I released called Demon Driven to the Maw. Yes. So this is my, this is my fourth work I've put out called Wyvern Songs. Yeah, I'll be 100% honest. Uh, even driven to the mall, I almost completely forgot. We ran through that. When I was thinking the <laughs> yeah. Tennessee ones. We ran through that with Karen as well. So, yeah, there's quite a few you've done that we actually ran at our table. That's awesome. Yeah, that's um, I've I've run Demon Driven to the Mall a couple times, and that's I, I have a lot of fun running that one. I don't, you know, that's that's kind of. <laughs> Uh, an office favorite, I guess. I'm curious at, at how you run that one specifically, because it seems to me that it was intended to be very NPC um, role play heavy. Yeah, definitely. So I have a group I run with that involves my wife and a few friends on the East Coast. And I've run a couple of adventures for them where they end up at parties. And that's always like <laughs> <laughs> in their mind, that's always like the the apex of D&D like dungeons they're like all right what parties can we and I don't know why but just like the homebrew stuff I come up with that seems to be the stuff they have the most fun with so I kind of brought that into demon driven to the mob I was like all right I'm gonna like really focus hard and make this the the most fun like party crawl that you <laughs> that I can write so yeah it's kind of designed you walk around you talk to people things are kind of weird uh, you know, you engage with this party like it's a party more than like it's a dungeon. You know what I mean? But like awful <laughs> dungeon things <laughs> keep happening until it's just an awful nightmare. Well, um, keep keep that in uh-huh. mind when running and playing it because I think that we kind of were approaching <laughs> it like a dungeon and we went straight to hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a distinct possibility in in that one. Uh, yeah, quite a party. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of quirky and interesting characters there in in that adventure. And the other one that we ran was, um, oh shoot, I, I, the title escaped my mind now. Real quick, was the the one with yeah, the yeah. floating? What was the title of that one? I, I yeah, I think when I was on John last time, John mentioned you guys ran through hideous daylight. Yes, hideous daylight yeah. was the one. That is it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where there is kind of this garden kind of hunting reserve, and the sun has stopped setting on it. So you're kind of wandering around trying to figure out like what's going on. How do we stop this? 
Is there a is there a sequel to Hideous Daylights? Yes, yeah, great. So great segue. So so my new book's called Wyvern Songs. It's an anthology of four new adventures for old school essentials. I, originally, these were going to be like micro adventures. I, I was going to write five of them. It's just going to be like lean and mean, really, you know, just short adventures. Mm-hmm. They all got a little big. <laughs> yeah. So some of these are like as big as Temple or a Temple of a Thousand Swords. A couple of them are like pushing 25 pages here. But one of the adventures in my new book, Quivern Songs, is called uh, Fabian's Atelier. And that is um, a direct sequel to Hideous Daylight. In Hideous Daylight, you can find a flying island that's belongs to a wizard. Some of the feedback I got from Hideous Daylight was I kind of left the island a little open-ended. I was kind of like, you know, do whatever you want on this island. I'm not, yeah. I'm not like spelling it out. <laughs> so this one is like, okay, <laughs> let's talk about the island. There's a magical wizard's house on the island. And um, the adventure is when you enter it, the island is not doing great. And it's about to just crash down into the ground and destroy everything. So it is a uh, puzzle dungeon. I was really inspired by um, a dungeon by Direct Sun called the Seer's Sanctum, where it just right on the cover, it's like, this is a puzzle dungeon. There's puzzles. I'm like, man, (laughs) I love that he's just like spelling it out. Like this is just, this is a puzzle. So this is this is my take on a puzzle dungeon. Uh, it's just kind of filled with puzzles. It kind of has an escape room kind of vibe. Um, and actually, I reached out to Direct Sun to look at look at it, get some consultation on it. And he was awesome, just providing some great feedback and helping fine tune it. So shout outs to Direct Sun. That's excellent. Now, is the dungeon itself is that on the floating island, or where can I expect to find it at? Yeah, so it's in the island. It's it's in this wizard's house, basically. That's the dungeon. It's just this guy's house. Um, but he has been dead for some time. <laughs> and the kind of systems in place to keep this island afloat are failing because there's just been no one to provide maintenance. So adventure kind of is about navigating this weird, this weird house, which was built with kind of a, a, a kind of an eccentric wizard's logic behind it. You know what I mean? It makes perfect yeah. sense when you're a magical lunatic in the <laughs> sky. But if you're a normal person with a sword walking around, your, it's like, why would the house be like this? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the adventure, is just figuring out how to get around this place and stop it from crashing. Excellent, excellent. Now there's at least four adventures in here. So we're looking at, and then there's bonus material as well. So I'm curious about mm-hmm. some of the other adventures that are in in this. Yeah. So yeah, you want me to just kind of break down sure, the listen, other adventures? Well, the first, let's see, Fabian's Atelier. Is that? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Is the? Yeah, is kind I of think the it's sick... pronounced like Atelier. It's Atelier? like Atelier. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't. I, I definitely messed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's, it's close. It's close enough. I'm going to give you an A for effort. <laughs> uh, and that one's the sequel to mm-hmm. um, Hideous Daylight. But this, yep. the first one in there is uh, The Sinister Secret of Peacock Point. What can you tell us about <laughs> That's right. Peacock Point? Yeah, so uh, so this is my attempt at kind of an intro dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. I like um, I haven't written an explicitly level one dungeon that's kind of introducing you to old school essentials or just old school style gameplay. So that's what I was attempting to do here. The title is homage to The Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh old TSR module mm-hmm. kind of played on similar themes. This one is there is this lighthouse and underneath it is a weird dungeon. It is, um, you soon realize an abandoned guild house 
or a group of thieves, but everyone's gone and there's bugs everywhere. And it's kind of, you're wandering around figuring out like, what the heck happened here? Why are there all these dead people? Why are there bugs everywhere? One of the sources of inspiration here was old school central is the, the insect swarm monster, you know, the classic BX insect swarm. I wanted to make a dungeon focused around that because I think if, you know, you read kind of like OSR principles, like the, um, the principle of apocrypha or whatever that, that book yeah. is called, you know, the prince like, was okay. it Principia Apocrypha or something like that, or am I confused? Yeah, that yeah, the... that's that's what it is. I don't know the words not in front of me, so I'm, I don't know if I was mispronouncing it. <laughs> it really struck me how the insect swarm is kind of like the ultimate OSR monster <laughs> because you really have to just be creative to kill it, right? You can't just whack a swarm with a sword you know that's not super effective so it's like how do you kill a swarm of bugs so i thought like you know just that monster alone is kind of an interesting introduction to osr gameplay because you can't just be like oh a monster i'll hit it with a stick you know it's like okay how how do i approach this thing that makes sense like do i burn it do i drown it like what do i do for it so um the dungeon's kind of based around insect swarms and (laughs) dealing with an ever-increasing insect swarm problem creative ways to get out of that i'm assuming is is what the goal is in this yeah it's kind of a push your luck dungeon so um you know there are treasures and weird stuff in here there's puzzles there's traps you know all the classic dungeon good stuff but the farther you go the worse it gets so it's like you just keep going for more and you just you know (laughs) call it a day and get out of town and take what treasure you have so yeah, that's that's the first one. And so then the next one is that's in there is the mm-hmm. one we had talked about the sequel. But then there's the singing stones, and that's a for character levels yeah. three to five. Yep. So we're kind of getting a little more advanced in our character levels here. This is a point crawl adventure. The singing stones. This takes place in a, a valley, kind of like a dry, um, kind of a rocky desert. I was really inspired by. Um, some national parks in Utah, Rice Canyon, Arches, that kind of like really dramatic, like rock formations. So it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of that kind of terrain. Um, but the the thing about this area is that long time ago, these druids were mucking around and ended up casting a ritual that makes stones talk. And now they're just, they don't shut up anymore. And every <laughs> rock in this valley just sings, basically. Some of them speak, most of them just kind of drone along <laughs> making wake sounds this is an adventure i really just kind of chocked full of different little sub plots like there is kind of a main uh quest i guess but you're just going to keep getting little things to investigate and npcs to that have their own goals the more you investigate this valley yeah this adventure is also kind of inspired by my um interest in like ambient electronic music. I was listening to a lot oh. of like, like Brian Eno, like discreet oh, yeah. music, like stuff Babies like that when I was writing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more like the droney, <laughs> yeah. like minimal stuff. That. Yeah, I'm listening to a lot of that. That that was kind of like the vibe I wanted to fit to fill. It's just this kind of weird, like droney, like sound bath, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, landscape. One kind of interesting thing. This isn't out right now, but I am working with a friend of mine. I commissioned a uh, a soundtrack for this dungeon and he's creating this ambient music soundtrack. Uh, it's going to be, I think, four hours long, four oh different my. like hour long tracks for each of the zones in this dungeon or in this uh, valley. So that'll be really cool once that's out because um, 
could just really vibe out in these weird electronic soundscapes while you're running through it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that when it's all finished. Well, I, I know that when I I play, I, I have one massive, it's a, my Rapunzel playlist. It's a lot of ambient music yeah. and background stuff. They had these couple bands that put out, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they put out Cthulhu-inspired <laughs> albums. Okay, really sweet. Good to, to kind of delve into. Um, Cairo Chamber, I believe, was one of the one of the ones that I had discovered that was just droning dark ambience. And I was playing those at game for a while. It is good kind of background music. Reason I haven't been lately is because my little my little wireless speakers kind of died on me and I can't play. Yeah. <laughs> it's the record player, we can put on our old records, but they're not the same as that ambient music from the background. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I think like uh RPG soundtracks are it's cool. We're kind of seeing more of those. I know there's been a couple like Workborg like LPs that came out. You know, I, I think it's cool. We're starting to see more music that's in, intended to be played while you're running a game. So um, that's awesome. I'm all about that. Yeah. And we recently used some elements from that Morgborg record that Free League put out. What's that? The oh, I can't even remember the title of it now. When I remember I it. Know, yeah. <laughs> Um, Putrin's Regent, Regent, I believe. Uh And we were playing that during game. It was a good little, it was a good, it was a good, a good background for, for game. I liked it. It was nice. And I was using a few of the charts on that as well, because we had gone into the the bogs and the marshes and it's a bog crawl. So that was a good one to pull out. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. That kind of recontextualizes, you know, it gives you new ways to listen to genres that maybe people don't go out and discover on their own like ambient music or like droney like black metal like just it's cool we're finding new avenues to explore these sounds so i'm all for it i'm and honestly i've been listening to the i I probably have listened to way more of the droney black metal over the years since (laughs) i was young i've had a lot of them yeah that was the thing i got into for a minute there when i was younger i still go back to there's a a lot of good ones out there that i like totally Something about the black metal, the way that the vocals and the heaviness work, that it almost like negates the fact that it's heavy and it becomes good background music. <laughs> yeah, it's like the texture kind of takes over, you know? Um, yeah. I know there's always kind of, I feel like, a little bit of homework I have to do, though, before I let myself really like like a black metal artist. I'm like, okay, wait, 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 hold on, pause real quick. Is this is this person a Nazi? Let me just check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I said the one that I really <laughs> like, who uh-huh. I've discovered, I guess he's black metal ish. Yeah, is this Panopticon? Have you heard of them? They're from Kentucky. No, no, I haven't. Worth checking out. Some good black metal ish stuff, and a lot of like he gets into like the old like Union songs and stuff like that mm-hmm. type type old folk style stuff as well with it. So it's an interesting mix of folk and black metal that Sweet. comes out. It's called Panoptic okay. It's worth checking out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that sounds great. It's been Check one of my, my favorites and uh, and definitely anti-fascist with it. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good little little uh, albums there, that Panopticon. I've been enjoying that. Anyways, we got way off track. So uh, I'm, good I'm, Rex. I'm curious, do you often play music when you're running your games? I've been mostly just playing online since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, the the my main uh yeah, I, all my game groups, we, we've all just been online the most for the most part. So I mean I'll play a soundtrack just in my headphones. I'm not broadcasting it through the VTT or anything like that. Um, but I think that was kind of 
sculpting <laughs> my writing on some of these as I was listening to a lot of that, like the like drony ambient, like yeah. even like new agey kind of music a lot when I was running a game. I'm just like, it's really just setting a vibe that the other people in my game right now aren't feeling, you know, <laughs> I think it's a cool thing. A lot of VTTs, you can broadcast music through the, the player. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gone down that path yet, but um, I, I, I played in a couple games where the DMs did that. Honestly, the first time yeah. it, it threw me for a loop. I was confused what was happening. I was like, where's all this <laughs> yeah. noise coming from? It was louder than it should have been. <laughs> yeah. So I caught up with that. Is that the one feller I found really useful for running fantasy games with that I like is that Adrian Ziegler. Have you heard his work? I don't think so. He's worth checking out. I, I like him a lot. I, I'm curious if you have any good suggestions for for ambient or background music for a game, what do you think are some of your favorites that you use there or that you're writing with? Oh yeah, totally. So um, let me fire up my like mood board playlist here. So um, I guess some, one of the, some more recent music is this group called Gaussian Curve. Gaussian Curve. Yeah. It, they're kind of like ambient jazz almost. They have some, some horns sometimes. They have a few folks in that group from different, um, G, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Gigi Mason or Gigi Mason. I don't know how to pronounce it. He's in it. He's kind of an old school, like ambient, um, like jazz. Okay. Guy. Yeah. He's awesome. He's got a great, a lot of solo stuff on his own that I really enjoy, but he's with this group Gaussian Curve. They put out some really cool music. Yeah. A few others just, I play all the time. I mean, there's some classic structures of silence. Gaussian Curve, that Clouds album they did in 2015, the cover there looks really familiar. I don't know. That's if a I'm, really good one. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm confusing that one with something else in the past that it looks like, or if I've seen that album cover around. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Uh, Structures from Silence, Steve Roach. That's a classic. Uh, I think that came out in the 70s or 80s. Steve Roach, Structures from Silence. Yes, um, I play that one all the time. Last track is like 30 minutes, and it's just this looping like synth pattern that just infects my brain <laughs> yeah i don't know that's just, that's just a few favorites but um yeah i've got playlists and playlists of, of this stuff i i always like to get suggestions of music from folks to discover other things there's a few guests on here that have turned me on to some new things i didn't know existed until they told me about it yeah definitely so anyways we're gonna get back to the game stuff or the music <laughs> just game music perfectly great stuff i think check it out find something new for your game the dream totally. Okay, am I pronouncing this right? Caldera, the dreaming caldera? Yeah, that's right. What's a caldera? So that's the like the bowl of a volcano or oh. something like the dried up top of a volcano. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's uh that's the last adventure. This one is for in my mind I I call this high level characters just because I've never seen a like BX or OSC campaign get to levels 5 or 6, you know yeah. what I mean? This um <laughs> But yeah, it's for like five, level five, six characters. This is an adventure where it's in this dungeon in a volcano. Basically, there is this chaos god that's trying to birth itself. Right now, it's just kind of this idea. And these monsters are assembling in this volcano to build body parts for this giant chaos god who's eventually going to awaken to a new era of chaos in the world. So the adventure is just navigating this absolute chock full dungeon full of monsters but it's really disorganized like none of them are really <laughs> talking to each other so it's yeah. absolute chaos yeah this one i was kind of inspired again by another old school tsr adventure uh, by gary G gygax the um lost caverns of sajkanth 
I don't um, know if I'm familiar with that one. Which was where was the, where was that one? Um, it's a higher level AD and D adventure, I believe. Um, it's one that basically has its own monster manual. There are a ton of new monsters in that one. That one kind of spoke to me just because it's just an absolute meat grinder. Like I know Gygax has a reputation for being a little uh, sadistic sometimes, but I love just the you know, the volume of terrible monsters in this dungeon. And it's just like, yeah, sort it out. This place is terrible. There's tons of monsters everywhere. Like deal with it. That's the adventure. Um, so I just love that ethos going into it. I'm like, yeah, all right. You know what? There's not one dragon. There's two dragons. They're both <laughs> sleeping in a pool of acid. Like figure it out. So I guess this is like the hard mode dungeon. Um, yeah. And you can you can get through it by being sneaky and clever and kind of manipulating the chaos. But yeah, I don't know for parties who just want to go absolutely gonzo and destroy everything. That's an option too. And uh, and as you mentioned it, Sogcan, I was thinking S O G. It is T S O J. I do have this module. <laughs> yeah, weird <laughs> weird word pronounced. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I pronounced it right. I've well, always, it, I don't know. Better than I. I'm looking at that. I don't know how I would try it. So mm-hmm. yeah, Sog Kent probably is the correct way, I'm assuming, because it's T S O J C A N T H. Yeah, and totally I, normal I word. I do have that. <laughs> right. I do have that one. And I don't remember. I don't know. I, I know I've never actually ran it. I, I yeah. probably should bust it out and run it, run it and check it out. So yeah, for me, I, I haven't run a ton of old school, you know, classic TSR stuff, but I've read a lot of them. Yeah. And um so yeah, I was just trying to kind of tap into some of that spirit of the old school and bring some kind of like more new school know, weirdness and whimsy into it too. kind of blend it up and put my own stamp on it. Now, the, the last thing that you have in this book is sort of a bonus material section. What kind of stuff can we expect to find in the bonus materials? Yeah, so we've got a couple appendixes, appendices. I don't know how to how, how you say that. Um, <laughs> so one is... A, there's a new class. It's kind of a weird one because it's also an item you can find. It's called the Mechtar. So in one of these adventures, you can find this big mechanical centaur that you can pour like a dead character's blood into, and then it just kind of comes back to life in this new body. Is it? Um, is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Does it have the sentience of the old character, or is it something new? It has the sentience of the old character, but it's now living in a mechanical centaur's body. And since it's also kind of like a dead soul in a way, it can also communicate with ghosts. It can like summon spirits and stuff like that. (laughs) So kind of a weird one, but um, yeah, I thought when you're making highly lethal, like old school dungeons, this was kind of a maybe a fun way if someone lost a favorite character it's like i'll pour their blood into the mechtar you know like have a new (laughs) lease on life as something else so yeah kind of a weird class but uh that's what that's in the bonus materials i've got some house rules that i use for adventurers guilds these are just kind of guilds an adventurer could join gives you some in dungeon benefits like because you have access to the intel of your guild it lets you get some rerolls in dungeons. It lets you declare an item that, oh, yes, the guild master told me I would need this shovel or whatever. You can declare yeah. an item in your inventory that wasn't already there. So some stuff like that. And then I think what more people will use than those <laughs> is um, there's a town and a hex map for like a little area, like a region where all of the dungeons in the book are placed. I also put 
the locations of my previous published stuff. So Hideous Daylight and Temple of a Thousand Swords, they're on the, this map as well. So it's a little sandbox you could use. Set your players loose. There's a starting base kind of town that's detailed here. Um, and you can just kind of use this book to wander and, and use it as the framework for for your OSC adventures. Yeah, it, it seems like taking this in your previous adventures for OSC that they might puzzle together real nice for a little campaign at the very least. Yeah. And you could probably... Uh, and I know how running game is the different things that occur and, and, and happen during game. You can find of follow those threads out to different places and build something unique up for your party. It seems. Yeah. Most of my dungeons are pretty kind of standalone. Um, mm. So there's not a ton of threads connecting. I did put a couple connective tissue, I guess, between some of the, the adventures in Wyvern songs Like you can find a treasure map in Sinister Secret of Peacock Point that points you to a tomb in the Singing Stones, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or yeah, for the most part, they're, they're pretty standalone. And I thought this is just a cool way to kind of just slam a bunch of mm -hmm. dungeons down, grab some other ones. And actually, I have another appendix where I have some recommendations of some other of uh, my favorite modules that you could just throw on this map as well and make it. Oh, yeah overstuffed with adventures i'd definitely love to hear that that list of, uh, of recommended adventures so listen up everyone <laughs> yeah it's a pretty long list page 108 on the book um actually there's a ton of stuff here <laughs> but I'll, I'll i'll shout out some of my favorites here we got some of the first party ose stuff um incandescent grottos on there halls of the blood king actually would tie really nicely to singing stones there's some connective vampire stuff that i think could okay. make those go really well yeah too. that was the diego noguero one and that yeah that's exactly a, that's a pretty that's that thing won an any i think didn't it oh yeah yeah that's that's totally s tier dungeon i love uh diogo's awesome so shout out to shout out to him yeah there's like a swamp on my hex map so i said hey throw on Woodfall by lazy lich i love lazy lich's works um, oh yeah probably put any of any of their mm -hmm. their stuff on there one i read recently tangled by josh demansky and riley coyote um it's really awesome funnel adventure for old school Essentials. that could fit great throw it in the forests and the in the hex map yeah, so I don't know. That's a pretty long list here, but there's... there's there's a lot of good there's a lot of good ones there that I would definitely suggest. Some of these I've played through, some of these I've read through, a few of those I've I think I've reviewed a few of these as well. Maybe yeah. <laughs> so totally. they're definitely familiar with some of these that that uh, we got Jacob Fleming on there through the Valley of the Manticore. Oh yeah, uh, Amanda P with Tannic. And mm -hmm. quite a few others here that that are uh, that work well. The, the now the Hot Spring Island. I need to I need to pick that up. I need to check oh, that out. That's I a good one. That out. That's why I keep yeah. hearing good stuff about it. But yeah, as a as a game and as like a physical product, just mm -hmm. so so you know scrumptious. Oh <laughs> God, luxurious. I love that book. <laughs> yeah i need it i don't got it yet i, I definitely need to check it out I, i'm just, i've gotten used to the, the 15 dollar price point of like z it's hard to get, pick up too much sometimes so. totally yeah I, that's yeah i feel you but it's I feel like i gotta treat myself to one of those 50 books i'm like i deserve <laughs> this i want to <laughs> but yeah i hear you i've heard only good stuff about it i definitely want to check it out now, uh, and I was going to bring up one more thing. We were talking earlier, like you had, like the the Lost Caverns of, was it Sonnet? How did we pronounce it? Yes. You... Uh, I, I say Sajkant. Sajkant. Yeah, I think now, it's a silent T. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've, I've, I went decades without 
ever run in a single pre-written adventure. Yeah. Um, especially like in the back of the day, it was like, oh, it has to be your own. You created. It was kind of our like in our gang group, at least like you did your own stuff. Yeah. I've more recent last decade or so I've been running way more prepared adventures. You're making your adventures. I'm curious where your relationship is with pre-read adventures and then your approach to putting them out. Cause a lot of the OSE stuff is very different from what we were seeing with like the AD and D a lot yeah. of it's uh, the, the formatting, the way that you approach writing it, the kind of information you want to put in there. So I'm curious if you could perhaps talk to some of that in your own personal experience, if that made sense, what I said. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like you, you know, when I, I started really getting hard into RPGs in late 90s, early 2000s. I was playing a lot of D&D third edition. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was, you know, there wasn't a ton of first party adventures being published for third edition, like yeah. weirdly. Um, so I don't know if it was just like the culture of the game, but I, I was like you, I almost never ran pre-published stuff. It was always just like my homebrew, uh, yeah. whatever. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't really until, I guess, the last 10 years, just so much cool, creative, like creator-owned, stuff started coming out that I was buying and reading these adventures, but I kind of started shifting more to, to running a lot of published stuff. You know, the relationship with my own home game, that's a good question. I tend to switch a lot around to different systems a lot with yeah. the, um, the, the games that I run. Mm -hmm. So I do tend to run a lot of published stuff when I can, just because it kind of makes it easier to sometimes jump into a system if I don't have yeah. to like understand it and then mm -hmm. write something for it, you know? Also, you know, I've been, this is my fourth book in the last, I yeah, started writing in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been, I've been just going hard on writing these and it's just a really fun way to explore writing, like just a, a great, great creative output. Yeah. So it's kind of like I've <laughs> turned a lot of my game prep into this whole other <laughs> avenue now. It's kind of like <laughs> I'm now prepping professionally, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that means I do run a ton more published stuff recreationally, which I think only helps write my own stuff too. Just having lots of outside influences, especially oh, from yeah. other systems and stuff like that too. Definitely. Seeing what other folks does a lot of times, a lot of times I'll read through various adventures and I might not run that whole adventure, but I'll use bits and pieces and pull stuff from it mm -hmm. as well. I learn from them when I'm reading them. I get ideas as well that improves my own game. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, absolutely. Yeah, like systems, uh, like I've been running Pathfinder 2, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is like totally different from <laughs> OSE, which I, I do also run for another group. But, you know, there's such wildly different approaches, you know, and reading some published Pathfinder 2 material, it's like, oh, my God, like, like the direction that these writers approach dungeon design come, is such a starkly different place sometimes that it's really interesting to like pump the brakes and be like, what is the rationale behind here? Like, why... Why would you do it like this? So it's, I think it's a good way to constantly like challenge, yeah, you know, your own habits, challenge like the, maybe the norms of how things are working and like questioning, um, is the, does this work? Um, I kind of broke my own rule in Wyvern songs. There's one of the adventures in, in Fabian's Atelier. I have read aloud text. I've never had like explicit read aloud text. I'm like, yeah. You know what? This adventure needs read aloud text. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so, I know maybe people will hate it, but I was just kind of trying to like feel the, what does this adventure need? You know what I mean? I don't want to be no constrained doubt. by the convention of, of, of adventure here, you know? No doubt. No doubt. We're coming up on time. Could you tell the listeners where they can pick your work up and where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So um, this book, Wyvern Songs, is available on Drive-Thru RPG. Um, it is probably going to be on Lulu by the time you hear this. I'm waiting for proof still, mm-hmm. um, but that's releasing imminently. Also on Itch, you can find me. Um, I'm on Twitter, Brad Kerr, B-R-A-D-K-R-R-R. Um, and you can find links to all my stuff through there. But yeah, otherwise, just you can also just search for Sword Lords Publishing is kind of the big publishing company that I put my stuff out there. Um, Sword that's on Drive Lords Thru. Publishing on Drive. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. We'll make sure we get some links up there so you can find some of that in the show notes when this, when this airs. Right on. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.